0: Hope,
1: that's the word that people align with Star Wars, maybe more than any other word. And uh, we're going to talk about maybe why Star Wars needs to give us more hopeful stories uh, in the world that we currently live in today. Uh, So we're going to have a pretty interesting discussion on that later. So I just want to thank everybody for joining us here today on the Resistance broadcast. I'm John. Appreciate having you with us. The base is open. It's going to be a good time. We have a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk to and talk about in addition to that discussion later. And with me, as always, Lacey N. James. How's it going, guys? How we doing?
0: Good. Going good. Still haven't gotten a crepe, so <laughs> not great. All right. Let's let's leave okay.
1: crepe. Let's leave crepe back on Monday. Let's. That was a. That was a crepe I have to episode.
0: finish the week strong. With this, then same...
1: have have a protein shake or something. I don't know. You. Right, Make yourself
0: a
2: pancake what accent
1: was that it wasn't any (laughs) have a waffle a falafel all
0: right anyway this is getting weird
1: listen hey you brought up crepes again okay yeah it's all i want to eat now you made us do what we did (laughs) you created
2: this
1: (laughs) it's like palpatine look what I, you have made <laughs> you know my fingers start turning into crepes instead of long fingernails or, or
2: Morgan Freeman should I wink there <laughs> I created <laughs> <Yeah>. you
1: <laughs> right Oh, Josh Robert Thompson legend um, alright we have uh, the discussion later but James we have uh, an old favorite just kick off the show get things going let's get into it I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it
2: That's right, guys. Will of the Force is back this week. And as usual, if you are a commander, uh, oh, no, sorry, I'm not a commander. Um, If you are a uh, Major. major, that's right, in our Patreon, then you can start submitting topics to Will of the Force every week. And this week we have a couple picked out from those people. Um, and we're gonna kick it off right here with uh, one of our commanders, actually, Stephen Bowman. Stephen asked us the question: Will Oscar Isaac make his return to Star Wars in the upcoming Rogue Squadron movie? Lacy, you're going first on this one. Any chance that
0: Oscar Isaac is gonna find a way to make his way into Rogue Squadron? This is a great question. This is another. You guys come up with these great questions that, like, I didn't even consider this. Mm-hmm. If, there's a big if in here, if Rogue Squadron takes place after The Rise of Skywalker, which supposedly it's, a, it's going to take place after the sequel trilogy in the sequel trilogy era, then yes, he has to make some type of appearance at some point so he will make his return for Rogue Squadron.
2: Wow. Bold
1: statement, John. Are you sticking with that? Do you think he's coming? I am the type of person who likes to prepare my heart and my soul for hurt so (laughs) in my brain rogue squadron is not happening anymore (laughs) so that when they announce that it's not happening it doesn't hurt as bad um i have no reason to believe it is happening uh it was supposed to come out next december it was called by Kathleen Kennedy that has been pushed aside which is not a good term for the president of the studio to publicly say so it's hard for me to think, it's, it's hard enough to say Oscar Isaac's coming back to Star Wars but if we're putting him in a movie that's on the shelf right now it's even harder for me to say yes so I'm going to say no I think he'll come back when they bring back Ray and everyone else they'll kill him off do that whole thing but he's not coming back for Rogue Squadron.
0: Hmm. So to keep it positive, they're not making this movie and they're going to kill him, but he'll be there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I think I'm a little bit in between both of you because I'm going to say that, uh, you know, assuming that Rogue Squadron gets made, that's where we're at. Um, mm-hmm. I think regardless of the era, whenever it shows up, that Oscar Isaac is not going to be in it though. Um, And I think it makes sense uh, if it is post- you know, episode nine, but at the same time, like I do think it would be kind of strange to have a movie come out and it's post episode nine. And like, why is only one of the characters and it's probably like the one that maybe people even cared the least about. I don't know. It just seems kind of strange for him to be in that movie and not some of the other characters and how, you know, why is he returning and stuff? So I'm just going to say if they're doing this movie, they're just going to make it like its own thing. And None of those mm-hmm. people are involved necessarily. Uh, but let's move on to the next one here, and I'm going to ask this one. It's kind of a little bit different, but on a scale of one to 10, what will be your excitement level if they announce season two of The Book of Boba Fett? And we talked a little bit about this This isn't on...
0: a will of the force question. What
2: will be your- <laughs> Oh. Excitement, yeah, boom! Uh, I right. knew he was going to get that. All right, uh, John. All right. Since this is an awkward question, no, <laughs> no. we <laughs> talked about about this on Monday, but let's put it on a scale of one to ten. What will be your excitement level? Uh, six, six. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, any reason that that's not? I'm not, an eleven. Like, I, I touched on this Monday. I Book of Boba Fett is the only one I haven't went back to rewatch any episodes of yet. Um, I really I enjoyed it. I it it appears that I liked like the last episode most, which was a lot of people's least favorite, and I didn't really align with a lot of the quote unquote fandom online. But uh I just yeah, if they do it cool, um, I'd l- I I'd need to learn more about it. But if they just said, hey, we're doing Book of Boba Fett season two, I'd I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, oh right, yes, you know. So six is kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lacey, what's your score?
0: My score will be <laughs> weird question. <laughs> uh, oh my if, god! If Mando shows up, ten. If it's just Boba Fett, five.
1: Hmm. Well, you're not getting details. They're just announcing Book of Boba Fett season two.
0: You already gave your answer, John. Do you want? Oh, you're to breaking answer the rules. Again? You're breaking the rules. I'm breaking the rules, just like this question is breaking the rules. Good point. A will in it.
2: Touche, John, or should I say, will touche? <laughs>
1: what is happening? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You guys no. are both
0: <laughs> I got it. I
2: got it. You're excited about Mandalorian. You're not so excited about Book of Boba Fett,
0: right? I'm excited about Mando showing up in the Book of Boba Fett. Thus, a ten. If there's a season two and he's in it, yeah. So
2: you're giving. But your, if he's not there, your, let's they, just your re- post release of the season reaction version, to. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: All right, I <laughs> James James. If if Han Solo shows up in the Book of Boba Fett season two. 10 <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree question, it would be a but... 10 anyway uh, but your your question was excitement level I said if he shows up my excitement will be a 10
2: but you won't know when
1: they announce it you won't it.
0: know I hey, will Lacy. be excited when he walks out she did say will did John? you hear she did they're say will. making a
1: season 2 of the book of Boba Fett <laughs> that's all the info you get what's your excitement level 1 to 10
0: if Mando shows up at 10. Oh my God almighty. (laughs)
1: Um, on a a scale of one to to
2: 10 for me, I went into this question. Uh, I honestly was like a four. I was like, I think you could allocate. Then you
0: thought, but if Mando shows up, but
2: then I started thinking about what if Mando (laughs) came in? No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, actually,
0: let's just quit the podcast.
2: (laughs) Actually, after, after we had talked, uh, about what book of, Boba Fett season two could be now that he's sort of free of the the Jabba you know that whole thing um I'm a little bit more excited now uh, so I'm actually starting to look for I'm, I, I might go with you on the sixth, John but I'm kind of leaning on the seven thing I said hey if if the writers and creators of the show learned something about season one, and they were like, "Oh, I think people like the idea of Boba Fett, but they just didn't like the direction we went with it. Okay, let's let him be Boba Fett. Then I'm, I'm, I think that's the direction they would go. So if I saw Boba 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 Fett season two announced, I have to imagine it's not going to be like season one. It would be a There's lot more be more Mando. It would be yeah, it would be a lot more like the boba fett that you would hope to have gotten that's what i would think so i think they would be taking a step in the right direction with the season two so i would be more excited i'm gonna i'm gonna say seven i'm gonna say seven um all right we got another one here from one of our patrons (laughs) this one is from nick kratz who's actually one of our generals so salute to you
0: hey nick
2: uh Nick sent us this question asking, "Will we see Plagueis in the Acolyte, and could we finally get more canon details on that character?" Um, (laughs) Lacey, you're going first on this one. What are your thoughts for Plagueis?
0: Thanks for the question, Nick. I have to admit, though, every time there's some type of Plagueis or Palpatine question, it always ends up going me first, (laughs) and I'm always like, "Yeah, but not." Not, like, because you are purposely going to me. It just happens that way. Anytime there's a a
2: Rebels question, it's like, I want to hear your answer first, James.
0: (laughs) I want to hear John's first with plays and Palpatine, and then it's always me first. Oh, gotcha. Um, Will we see him? No. No, we won't. (laughs) Um, But I think we could get canon details. So a no to the beginning of your question, but a yes to the end because... If it's going the direction that we believe it's going, which is talking about the dark side and like how the Sith are, you know, laying their plans for eventually taking over, I, you'd have to assume that he's going to come up eventually. So I would say yes, canon details. No to actually seeing mm. Plagueis.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: John, do you have the same thoughts? Um, I I have trouble understanding how much of Plagueis we actually know. Um, because, like, is he a moon? Is that is that canon? I believe it is. And like, what's their life expectancy? Because I'm seeing on Wikipedia that the acolyte takes place a hundred years before Revenge, uh, the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So is this like, are they an like, are they a species that live a long time? Does anyone like know Yoda? that offhand Yeah. Like, I'm trying to look up moons, like, of what life expectancy are. Ah. I mean, it says average lifespan over 100 years. Well, let let up. That's legends, though, so, so I don't know, like... But, but side note,
2: how long does a normal human live for? How long does a Sith human like Palpatine live for? <laughs> well, he was only, like, in
1: his 80s, though, right? Or something like that? Well, so. he's also, in like, 119 years old. <laughs> like, chilling on he- Exegol. Oh, in his clone body. Now we're talking. that. I about understand.
2: Clones, but, but I but yeah. I think they I, I think that there's some aspects of the dark side that if they really wanted to stretch it out, he if he could create life, he could probably sort of extend his life as well if they wanted to play in that world.
1: Well, I um so now we're really like stretching this out because you threw a lot at me here. That has nothing <laughs> to do with the question. So we're having a wonderful will of the force today. Uh Embrace I don't, it. Yeah, feel I it. think I think when Palpatine said that to Anakin, he like he didn't. Plays didn't know how to create life. He was saying he was trying to figure out how to actually do it. Um. So, anyway, I think there has to be some involvement with him in here. Otherwise, the acolyte really doesn't serve much of a purpose. Um. The fact that they have it where it's situated, um. And they haven't made a series yet that doesn't have any connection to the original saga. Everything that's come so far has some sort of connection to it. This would be the first that didn't. I, I think they will have something to do with Plagueis. I'm not positive whether he's going to be in it. But depending on how loosely you use the phrase, if, is he in it? I'm going to say yes. I think people have been dying for this uh character to make an appearance he means a lot to the story because again it's one of those things where like how did he shape and influence palpatine the greatest villain so when you have the greatest villain and you're you're about to tell us the person who helped shape him into what he is i think that's very very interesting and they haven't again they haven't stretched out to the point where they've told stories in these live action series and animated that aren't connected to the original saga. So I think that continues. Um, they seem to be having trouble branching out with these bigger projects beyond things that tie to this. So I say yes. I think he's going to be involved here.
2: I am in agreement, John. I think he is going to be involved. And I did pull up, I mean, we might be looking at the same thing, but just an article that was like the oldest living Sith or whatever. And it says that, you know, he was he lived for about 115 years but the only reason he was killed is because his apprentice killed him in his sleep so maybe he Hmm. could have been even older it's like you're also thinking too like when did that happen that that could have happened 30 years ago from the phantom menace and he was 115 at that time it's like he definitely could be around that was legends lore if they just carry that over um, they don't have to like change things, so I, I definitely think he could be around at this time. I think it ties in perfectly with Palpatine. I'm I'm almost in the boat of wondering how much Palpatine could be possible in this album or in this show, because yeah, I know it takes place at this time, but the end of it could be like fifty years Very later. Very true. You know, they could
1: go right up to it. Yeah, and then it's like mm-hmm. it
2: shows like after Plagueis just killed off everybody in that series in this red wedding style whatever you know who knows then they go 50 years later and they see this guy and now he's even more worn out and crazy looking and he like, he's in
1: his bed taking a nap yeah,
2: or, and all of a sudden a pillow goes over his face I no. james
0: just used the red wedding as a as a yeah. reference well, i think it's he's like, never
2: watched game of thrones yeah i just think it's like a, a cultural thing but um but no what i was picturing was like him like crazy plagueis looking character and he's like reaching out and picking a baby up out of the crib and every, and then that's how it ends you know or something Ooh, yeah baby, like oh my god you know like oh he's been like that's it you know it's just like apparently he's been like aware of him since birth you know it's oh. like that'd oh, be nuts and then
0: that line to anakin makes even more sense yeah. Like that, we're gonna keep it you close pass
1: on. on your yeah you pass on your abuses to yeah yeah to and, and and
2: what would be crazy about that too is like it would also help Palpatine in the sense of like I don't ever want to see like a Palpatine that was decent and then he turned bad.
1: It's No, like, right, I agree. Like if you pick yeah. that
2: baby up and that baby never stood a chance, it was always evil and it was always doomed, right.
1: kind of thing. I don't know,
2: maybe right. that could be. Well, kind Palpatine
1: of cool. was like Michael Myers, right in the in the non-canon novel. Like he killed his. Family and stuff. Oh, I don't know. Wasn't that the story? Yeah, Pro- probably doesn't sound doesn't. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I need. I don't want to see Palpatine like, like a happy kid who got like converted. I need to, <laughs> like I keep, they're doing with
0: President Snow in the Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, never saw that.
0: It's the new book that's out. They're like. They made a book out of that movie. Two
2: parter to close out Will the Force this week? Will Cassian have a love interest in Andor, and will that person die in the series? Uh, John, you get to go first on this one. I should have just flipped these two, right? Um, do you what? What do you think? Any chance
0: now is John going to give his honest answer, or is he going to give the answer that I sent hmm. to him earlier I today? I don't know.
1: So, I'm not sure. Off the top of my head, I think he will. Um, and I think that person will perish because Tony Gilroy is all about that depressing Star Wars, and that's my simple answer. Hmm. All right. Well, Lacey,
2: what do you think?
0: So, the funny thing is when we first heard—I'm blanking on her name again. Uh, the Adria Arjona. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, two braided woman in andor um that she was going to be his love interest and i'd said that and then someone had tweeted online that they were brother and sister and i was like oh god did i go too far with star wars (laughs) and then it ends up star wars is okay with that (laughs) yeah and then it ends up tony gilroy just did an interview that he did say in fact they've been like dating each other involved with each other their whole lives and that they're You know they have a love interest or a history Hmm. um so i was right i've been right before
1: do you think when she inevitably dies
0: oh and she's definitely dying that that was the other part her
1: last words to cassian which will make the end of rogue one make more sense is never kiss another woman you can hug them tightly and tell them that their father will be proud of them, but don't ever kiss another I was
0: going to say, is she going to do what you said, which yeah, is that, that's you what made your father proud.
1: No, yeah, probably something more like that. that would be sure would be proud.
0: All I know is that Tony Gilroy hinted, which we already knew this was going to happen because he's the one that wrote it, that this series is going to make moments in Rogue One even more emotional. So, yes, I think he's going to... We see a Cassian in Rogue One who has got nothing to lose. Who's killing people? Mm. Has it all on the line, basically, to do this. Like he's fully invested in what the rebellion is doing because he has nothing else to basically live for except the rebellion. Um, so I think that this is gonna, this person's gonna die, and in a way that's gonna probably haunt him and to drive him forward to continue the mission of not letting her die in vain.
1: Yeah, or like someone very prominent in the empire maybe it's that new uh female antagonist the new krennic so to speak mm-hmm, kills mm-hmm. her and it just it's a it's another driving force in his hate for the empire like you know like because when...
0: we, as we know with star wars it's like as soon as people don't have ties to anything else or nothing else to lose that's when they then push themselves to that level of like the overall mission Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and Tony Gilroy is not writing this story where she just leaves and goes off and runs a deli somewhere. Like they she's... show her
0: bleeding in the trailer. Do they? She has a huge gash on her head and she's bleeding. Yeah, and we like some someone's talking blood? to her down on mm-hmm. like a she's like down kind of like kneeling.
2: Hmm. Um I you know what? Like, sure. Like that's the thing. It's like I, I don't know what angle there would be to say no to this. I mean, that's a fine story. If you know, he has this love interest and he gives himself or he gives a little bit of himself to her and then it all just gets taken away. And so he's like, well then what's the point? It almost does make a little bit more sense is why like he wasn't like interested in Jin. you know, it was like, you are part of what we're doing here. And there's no like, uh, tension between us romantically or anything like that—it's always been like uh, an admiration angle. And I never, I've, I've never really, like, I've, I think I've talked about it. Like, it, it could be possible, you know, like maybe in another life those two would have clicked. But I, I never felt like Rogue One gave off in the impression. I always thought that their relationship at the end of that movie was just like, here we are, <laughs> me and you. There was you a know? there's the we moment in the
0: elevator. That, like you think it's gonna happen and it doesn't. I, I, yeah, I, and I think that's I thought
2: the beach, but
0: the elevator. Go back and watch it, it's very I, tense.
2: I think that I think the elevator, I think Lacey's right, I think it's the elevator scene. But to me, what when I rewatch that in the con- I'm not against elevator, all of it, I think that uh, to me, that elevator scene, red like. They they're, they don't know, but they know, like, it's over. Like, we did it, and they're, like, looking at each other, like, are we really here? Is this really happening? We're going to, well, I don't know. I th- it's like they just know without knowing, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think also if, you know, this character that we talked about on Monday, uh, Cyril Karn, mm-hmm. has this obsessive, uh, inf- like, fascination with Cassian, He's going to try to not only destroy Cassian, but destroy him in every way possible, emotionally and physically. So if he finds out that this woman is attached to him in any way or has any type of relation to him, whether it be family or romantically, especially if it's someone that he cares about, he's going to destroy her in a way that Cassian sees it. Uh, That's kind of like a common thing. Would you
2: say the more he tightens his grip and or will slip through his fingers?
1: Oh, there geez. it is. <laughs> um there was something in like that that 29-page whatever the hell that thing yeah, was. Yeah, they
0: released but- like a 29-page document about Andor, but they definitely talk about the relationship between the two of them uh, and how it's like a they've tried dating on and off for a long time. So I see I see her dying at the hand of Cyril Karn to show how bad he is.
1: So, yeah. So this is what Gilroy says about her. Um, she and Cassian, her name is Bix Kayleen. Um, she and Cassian have been flirting and dating and circling each other and breaking up since he was 10 years old. Um, they know everything about each other. They're meant Childhood to be together. Yeah, they're meant to be together, and yet it's been impossible all these years. When we come in the show, the first episode, she's done with him. He's burned every last bridge, but they do have this business together in stolen material, and that will come to controversy in the first episode. So, oh. uh, sort of like jilted lovers having to come back over a, over a, a bad circumstance. So maybe we're gonna get that Han but the and Leia feelings are like still there. Yeah, just like yeah. antagonistic against each other and that sort of thing, that type of Star Wars. She's gonna get romance. used against
0: him though. That is a bet. Hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. All uh,
2: all good answers. Uh, I think it was all the same answer. <laughs> all right we are getting ready to i did a little george lucas there (laughs) um john take us into (laughs) the discussion because that is it for will of
1: the force all right our discussion this week the world needs hopeful star wars stories more than ever
2: obi-wan once thought as you do
1: So in 1977, Star Wars struck at the perfect time. A story of hope, triumph, friendship, lifted the spirits of moviegoers dealing with a grim real world in late 1970s America. Flash forward to today, in a very tense and tough time, people are struggling, Uh, a lot of people are depressed, pandemic, inflation, economy, wars, all this crazy stuff happening in the world. Fans need stories of hope. Stories that make them leave happy, perhaps more than ever. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about Star Wars' role in lifting a society. And are movies still as influential and as impactful as they once were? Um, So there's a lot of angles to approach this from. I thought of it because of Dave Filoni's quote when he was talking about how Star Wars should make people feel happy and hopeful, and uh, that was like the main thing that the main prevailing thing George Lucas wanted people to leave with was that take all the themes, all the other uh, mythology and, and the fast cars in space and all that stuff, the bottom line is he wanted people to leave the theater feeling happy and hopeful. So, um, So it's funny because we've been talking so much about Andor, which is obviously not going to be that story. So we have that coming and people are very excited mm-hmm. about that. But I was really thinking about this because... All the stories I heard from my parents, and the documentaries, and you hear about how Star Wars really hit at the right time because a lot of movies back then, even especially sci-fi movies, were all like grim stories about a horrible mm-hmm. future and stuff. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas flips the coin and says, "No, I'm going to give you something to be happy about." And I struck at the right time with audiences, and and people needed it. And I think, uh, in addition to it, just like sort of setting the bar for how movies are made, and we talked about that all last week with Light and Magic. I think it was also just the perfect timing and that type of story people needed to see at that time in 1977. And I feel like we're back in that now, like, you know, Top Gun Maverick, like Maverick, you know, it's still making so much money because it just made people feel good walking out of the theater, whether you were a big Top Gun fan or not. Look what that did. Uh, I think with modern Star Wars, I love the sequel trilogy, but it's like, I'm trying to think of all the things that came out and it's like. Yeah, Force Awakens ended with, you know, Han Solo dying. And we see Luke and he looks a little sad at the end. And then we have The Last Jedi, and that was a pretty grim movie. And then you have The Rise of Skywalker. It's like, yeah, they sort of come together at the end, but at what cost? Leia dies, Ben Solo dies, and it's like, you know, there's a price. There's always a price to pay. Rogue One, they all die. Um, The the only one that really didn't have that feeling was Solo. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people like to rewatch Solo because they feel good. It makes right. them feel good. Han and Chewie together. They're going off on an adventure. Da, da 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 You know, it's weird seeing some of these, like, Star Wars movies that have sort of a somber ending, mm-hmm. and then you hear that triumphant credit music, and you're like, that doesn't seem right. And I just feel like, and I'm not sure what Ahsoka's going to give us. You know, we've speculated, is she going to live, die? But you can't say Disney has been overly disney with Star Wars they've let Lucasfilm do what they want to do and Kathleen Kennedy for all records in terms of like her her calls about Rogue One that we talked about how she said they mm-hmm. all they all have to die they all need to die they are you got to give them credit that they're you know pushing the envelope in terms of the drama in Star Wars but the question I have is do we kind of need the next version of Star Wars stories to be where all the are all our heroes make it through and it's okay to tell that story sometimes. You know, you're not insulting your audience by giving the happy ending. And, it, you know, Lacey, you talked about that for a long time with Ben Solo. And I had my disagreements with you in terms of like how the character went and stuff. But I understand your your narrative. I always understood that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I'm coming from with this. Like with the way the world is. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a better place than I was a year ago. But I know a lot of people still having a hard time. And everything that's going on just seems like one thing after another. Things are just a really, really rough time. And even my parents mm-hmm. say like, It's probably just as bad, if not worse, than the late 70s, which was a really dark time for our country. So is this the time now where maybe if they're struggling with these ideas at Lucasfilm for future movies, start with simplicity, which is let's tell them a story of hope that ends with a happy ending. Hmm.
0: I mean, yeah. I I feel like I'm the biggest give-me-hopeful, happy-ending person out there. I... That has been my biggest critique of Disney-Lucasfilm mm-hmm. is that with the exception of Solo, um, every movie is so depressing. It's just like...
1: And the shows too.
0: <laughs> the shows too. Yeah, I mean, Mando's been pretty good about giving you a good happy ending. I think John Favreau understands that and that's stemming from his want to make something that families can watch together. And I think that also stems from things that Dave Filoni, like you said, had said about Mando, which was George had always told him to make stories that are hopeful because kids need hopeful stories. Families need that. I don't think just kids need that anymore. I think everybody needs that. I agree. Everybody needs something to escape to. And I think that's what's driven me to Star Wars my entire life is that it was something that no matter what was going on in my life or in the world in general, you could escape to this place that the good guys win. Because the good guys don't always win in real life. Um, right. Oftentimes they don't, unfortunately. So it, and to don't say you... that we get that in current Star Wars, I would say is not the the case. And that yeah. going off of what you had said, John, that was one of my biggest arguments for Ben Solo it wasn't necessarily the Raylow angle per se. It was that it was Han and Leia's son, and if they had to die at least let their son live and have the happy ending that they wanted for him.
1: That's because fair, everybody fair, wants fairy. to see that.
0: So, yeah, when he yeah. died, and Michelle Reggwan was like, it's hopeful that he dies. I was like, whoa, now nah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, someone dying is hopeful. I don't care who it is. It is never hopeful to describe well, someone maybe Palpatine. dying. but yeah. Well, that's different, though. That's I destroying know. evil. I'm saying, yeah. like, anybody that's on the kind of I don't know, troubled path or any type of... uh, It's trying to come back to the good side. It's never hopeful that they die and they shouldn't have to die. And I think that that's something that was very interesting recently going a little off of Star Wars, but back to Jon Favreau, is he had a a discussion with the Russo brothers about Tony Stark dying and was like, I don't want him to die. Please don't kill him. And he like called the Russo brothers and was like, please don't kill him. It will be very... Like not hopeful, not happy. People will leave your movie and go walk into traffic, is what he told the Russo brothers. Who was this? And the, uh, John Favreau. Favreau. Mm-hmm. And they said that they listened to him, and they were like, "Oh, he was very upset. We had to talk him off a ledge." And they said that they got off the phone call, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're still gonna kill him." <laughs> like I, I, I feel like oftentimes in in I would say the past decade, it just feels like everyone, all these writers are going for that darker critical story, but not in a way that it makes sense in just in a way that they're like, well, I'm just gonna kill this character and it's gonna be more impactful. And my argument is that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. Like you don't have to kill everybody to have a good ending to a story, to have a a final wrap up of a character. Um, And I feel like oftentimes, especially with Star Wars, is that their response is, oh, this person has to die that's how yeah. this person's gonna end is they die and that's like I, okay but do they have to die
1: i want to bring you in here james but Lacey, you just made me think of this and i don't want to lose this thought is that i and this is my perception of how mm-hmm. i feel like they approach these things now like the the modern view of storytelling they feel like it is cheesy and too predictable to just have the good guys beat the bad guys these days. It's not, you know, the old Cowboys versus Indians or the cops and robbers and the good guys and the bad guys. It's we need to mix it up a bit and do the gray area thing. And if there is going to be a victory, it has to come at a big cost because that's what audiences expect. Because it's more realistic. Like, maybe
0: maybe I don't want realistic. Maybe I do want Tom Cruise flying over a mountain at a billion miles an hour because it's just fun.
1: Right, and I think yes, Star Wars should be the exception sometimes to this whole new approach where there has to be a price to pay for victory and stuff. Like, and I know we had there, George Lucas had plenty of death and loss in Star Wars. I understand that, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, Harrison Ford and and Lara, Lawrence Kasdan wanted Han Solo to die, and George Lucas was like, absolutely not. So maybe sometimes it's okay to to not feel like you're insulting your audience by giving them the fairy tale because that's what Star Wars is. So James, what, you know, what what are your initial thoughts on this and I know like especially you I want to know because Rogue One's been your favorite of the modern mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff. Clearly one of the darker stories uh even though it ends ironically with the word hope from Leia, but Andor looks like, you know, being that it's leading right into to Rogue One, it's not going to be necessarily this happy sort of ending either. So where are you on this idea and uh, I want to hear your your initial thoughts so okay so I've, I I kind of feel
2: like I'm on a little bit of a different page than you guys um and I I hate to make it not star wars but bear with me for a second because this this like changed my perception of what these words mean is I've been a Linkin Park fan for a very long time and they put out this album a couple years ago and they put out that first single. Uh, It was called Heavy, if anybody wants to check it out. But there was... They all of a sudden were back in the spotlight. All of a sudden, they were like... People were paying attention to them again because this song was like... People were hearing it and they were going, that's Linkin Park? And it's like, well, it's been 20 years since you remember the last band. But there was... uh, And you guys have seen it. There's a... Um, a channel that does, like, reactions, like, Teens React, right? You've probably seen something like that. Teens React to this artist oh, or like, something, right? Yeah, sure. They worked with them, and they did a Teens React to the, the new Linkin Park song, and they gave their opinions about it. And then, like, a week later, they had Mike Shinoda, like, the singer and the the, the kind of author, Taylor of this music. He responded to their reactions, like, so he got to watch them say what they thought about the song and react. And he got to say what he was. And the biggest thing that I took out of that, and I will all, I, I, it's stuck with me so strong is that everybody that was, that was talking about his song was saying that it was negative and it was sad. And he said, he, like it hurt him internally. He's like, it's not sad. It's uplifting it's hopeful. And I'm like, I've been a Linkin Park fan for the longest time. And he said that, and I knew why. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, he just verbalized my feelings. And I didn't know that. But he was like explaining why I like that music. And I'm like, I think everybody's looking at this like it's sad. And it's uh, depressing. And it's like, it's not that. Are you listening to the music? It's
0: uplifting and it's hopeful. I think that's different though, because it, with any art, whether it be music or movies or books, anything, mm-hmm. it's all about personal perspective. So he might think it's uplifting because he wrote the song and he, but that doesn't then downplay the other people that experienced it and said that it was sad. I, I kind of you know disagree I mean? like, it with doesn't, that actually. It doesn't make it wrong. I say, because I, it's whoever takes it in is their own personal perspective, and that's why people like books and movies and music. I get because that because it's about a personal. But you journey. can still
2: write a song that's like a sad song, and if somebody describes it as happy, it's like no, this is a sad song. Well, I, like,
0: I
1: don't know. I don't know the song, but if kids are yeah. reacting to it, they're probably going to listen to the sound of it, and if it sounds sad musically or somber, it sounds they're gonna- uplifting. That's
2: that's the thing that's missing. It's not even the words. I think they're listening to the words and not listening to the music because the music is well, what's well, uplifting. All right, so, so apply it to Star Wars. The, so, the thing so, to yeah. me is I think people look at these stories at like Rogue One, for instance, and everybody says, like you guys included, it's sad, it's depressing, why did they have to die? And I'm like, I don't think that's what's happening. It's uplifting, it's hopeful. Uh, To me, that's... That's why it resonates when she says, like, after all of that, what do we have now? Now that all of the events have happened, we have hope. And that's exactly what that story is about. I walk out of that feeling positive, feeling good. It's not about their death. And we talked about that at the end of some of these shows, too. I think we recently were talking about Mandalorian season two. And and I think you guys and, you know, the kind of the cultural... A feeling about it was that it was a sad ending. And I'm like, sad. I don't get that. I get uplifting. I get hopeful. Like that to me is like it's it's it puts you in this place where it it's like if those characters died, that would be sad, right? But it wasn't sad. It was hopeful that we're moving on. This is the end of a chapter. It's bittersweet but it's sweet nonetheless. It's there's something good about this. And I feel like Star Wars has been doing that for a very long time. And we even mentioned Last Jedi. And I'm like, gosh, is that not the biggest hopeful movie? Like, why are people looking at that like it's a sad movie? I'm like, the kid at the end, like, raising up his his lightsaber. Like, it, you know, he, there's hope in the galaxy. It, it exists. I feel like Disney Star Wars has been doing hopeful very well. And I think people are... Misappropriating it to sad or depressing, and I'm like, I don't think that's it. I I think we're maybe confusing sad and depressing with hopeful.
0: I completely 100% disagree with you, and I don't think I'm misrepresenting it or not seeing it the way that yeah, I should I don't be think seeing it. I think, I think I
1: understand Star Wars pretty well.
0: I think that there are moments and glimmers of hope and happiness in these stories, but overall, I wouldn't ever say that everything gives me the feeling that I got from watching either a new hope or return of the jedi which I think are the two happiest of the star wars movies but not hopeful return of the jedi
2: happy not hopeful like solo to me is happy not hopeful
0: i i don't get hopeful from rise of skywalker i don't get hopeful from the last jedi i don't get it from I rise of skywalker either sad. i get happy
2: from rise of skywalker cuz yeah, they vanquish the evil it. it's done
0: I, I, I hopeful don't... is the
2: movie where the bad things are happening and yet there's still hope that we can win this. We can pull it out. That's
0: hopeful. I understand where you're coming from and why you think that I'm telling you my personal perspective is that I don't see it as hopeful. Yeah, I which, see it as very depressing, which
2: is fine. I mean, we're here to talk about, sure. you know, the world and, and is Star Wars sto our Star Wars stories have they been hopeful do we see them as hopeful do they need to be more hopeful whatever it is Mm -hmm. I'm just saying I think that culturally I hear a lot of things like oh Rebels it was so good but it's so sad that you know it ends up the way that it is and I'm like I again I'm like that's Dave Filoni that's knowing what Star Wars is that all that whole story to me is hopeful by the end of it there's there's hope that Ezra is still out there there's hope that what we've done today can lead to I the think, win to the fight yeah, at the end I, of the I day. I think
1: I think you might be hanging on to the word hope too much because we titled the discussion that. But but, but that's think, how you started too as you said I think sure, but, Star but, Wars is hanging on that word a lot. Right. Right, but Feloni like it's based on his quote saying people should leave the theater feeling happy and feeling good. And I don't feel that way when I watch Rogue One. I just watched the entire cast, all these characters who I fell for throughout this whole journey, die. I just watched all these rebel soldiers get massacred in a hallway. Uh, but but at the end, because Leia gets handed the plans that I knew was coming anyway, and she says hope, I, I feel happy leaving, I don't. Um, I understand it. Uh, I'm not lost on it at all. But I don't I don't leave Rogue One or The Last Jedi when Ray's sitting there holding a broken lightsaber, Luke's dead, <laughs> and Han's still dead. I sat in silence dead.
0: for 45 minutes after The Last Jedi the first time I saw it.
1: I, I, don't, I, I don't feel yeah. the way I feel on Endor at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, it's different. It's a different feeling. I understand that the kid with the broom is saying, like, there's still inspiration out there in the galaxy and Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. like, lit the- I get all that it's the feeling of the movie overall and how it sits with you i think is what i'm i'm coming from here not like what this is handing off to it's the 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 overall feeling of the movie like you stack up a new hope and play that movie in your mind and put that against like rogue one or last jedi or even some parts of like force awakens and rise of skywalker uh or or rebels i'll go there too you know that but it's 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 a different sort of feeling. And I think they are trying to appreciate the complexities. They know that the original Star Wars audience are older now and more mature. So they're trying to tap into them while also pulling in the youth. I get all that stuff. Um, but I think for the sake of escapism and what movies are, you go into the theater and the real world, you, you don't have your bills anymore. You don't have your... Relationship problems, all that stuff's gone. As soon as you walk in with your popcorn and that door shuts, you are now in a galaxy far, far away. I think people need a pure, true story that is light and happy and doesn't have a cost. Like it's not like we'll give we'll give you this, but it's going to come at this cost. Like I don't know. I I want to see the next version where. Han Solo's not stabbed through the chest by his son. I want to see something a little different. And I love that movie. And I love everything about it. That's not saying I don't. I want to see the mo- if they can do a modern version of the space western that George Lucas started this whole thing off with. And without feeling like they're insulting their audience's intelligence.
0: I think as an overall thing it's we're obviously we're focusing on Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, mm-hmm. but, like I said earlier, I think it's an overall movie thing that people just think that audiences want that realistic take on certain things,
2: and yeah, they need
0: I'm, the parallels I'm this, in the yeah. side of and this might not be the case with a lot of people, and I totally get that. I'm on the side of I want to leave a movie feeling good, <laughs> like I want to yeah. be like, "Yeah, that was awesome, that was Oop. great. It did yeah. have moments of crazy, uh, complex relationships or conflict or tough moments. Mm-hmm. But when I left, I knew that everything was resolved and everything ended up the way it should. I feel good. And I it's feel like, like Star Wars doesn't always do that in recent movies.
1: It's kind of like, I agree. It's kind of like... um like George Lucas telling his fantasy stories, uh, which are very simplistic in nature. And yes, I understand there's uh, you know deep themes, and you could look for metaphors and things that that you want to see, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's how you interpret art. And I understand that, but it was a very simple story. He he wanted fast cars in space, but he also wanted good versus evil and something for a fable for kids to uh, a moral tale where they can learn the right choices to make. And it's like Star Wars and Indiana Jones were on the same highway together, going the same speed and indiana jones kept on that path and kept telling those types of stories and star wars was like we're going to we're we're just going to make it more complex more nuanced and we're going to gray the areas between light and dark and we're going to we're going to go there and lucas did it himself too but indiana jones kept saying like indiana jones is never going to die and you know what he's not even going to lose his hat oh
0: my God, and you're going to have a great time watching this one- guy
1: there's no chance. No chance Indiana Jones is dying in the Indiana Jones five. <laughs> Hell no.
0: They've, they've killed off every other childhood character. He's he's on the chopping block, guys. <laughs> no <laughs> prepare Horse,
1: yourselves. Sunset, Indiana yeah, Jones. I that could, has to happen. That makes more but sense. To me. Do do you see what I'm saying? In, in the sense where like
2: so, Well, I, I mean, look, I, I get what you're saying. I think maybe it, it's me hanging up, like you said, on that word hopeful. Like, to me. I think I agree with what you guys are saying, as long as my understanding of it is the title of our episode being the world needs happy Star Wars movies more than ever. And so when when you guys are describing what you want out of these Star Wars movies, do we need more movies that more Star Wars movies that are happy? Then I go, okay, we can have that conversation. More solos, you know, more Rise of Skywalkers, right? And I would say uplifting because see that that's that's where I'm I'm on the other end of that. See, to me, I think there's kind of these two types of Star Wars movies being like. Rogue One and Rebels are hopeful. They're the uplifting story that leads would, to the happy story, which is a new hope because a new hope is happy.
0: I'm Empire curious Strikes Back, if you were not
2: depressing.
0: Sure. Uplifting, I'm, hopeful. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you ask Star Wars fans to describe those movies with one word, what word would they use?
2: No, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree that that's the, people, that's the word Greedy. that people would use, but I, I tend to hear people <laughs> say that, and I would say, I, I, I don't think you're using the right word. That, that's what I think. Like, when people say, oh, it's not hopeful, I'm like, I
1: think it's hopeful by definition. But I think what you mean to say is it's not happy. I think because I titled this episode and this discussion with the word hopeful in it, you're stuck on that and you can't get rid of it. <laughs>
2: well, because you guys are describing, we want more happy but, Star Wars movies. We want so, movies right, that so, make us feel good. So, and I'm so, like, for, for hopeful, hopeful the sake movies of, make
1: you feel good, For the sake depressing of the pitch, movies do not. For the sake of the pitch, I said, Star Wars, when it came out, was a story of hope, triumph, friendship that lifted the spirits of moviegoers dealing with a grim real world. Right? So I, I'm... I'm sort of saying, I want that. I want that from Act 1 to Act 3. Mm-hmm. I want there to be danger, but I want my heroes to get out of it. I don't want there to be a price to pay. I don't want... I, I, like, if they told A New Hope today, like... Uh, Han would, would have, have to die, die or something, the, yeah, or Chewie Leia would, would have to die in order for them to blow up the Death Star. Whereas, Whereas Obi-Wan would have
2: to die in order for them to blow up the Death Star?
1: Yeah, I know what you're trying to do. but No, I'm you just saying that I'm already saying. is the story. Yeah yeah but instead we got uh the attack on the Death Star like none of our main characters died. We got some fringe pilots who died and 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 that's that's how it went. It was like it was quite quite on the nose of how that people may say were a little too hokey and cheesy, but that was the story he was telling was like yeah, your good guy is coming out of this, and when he takes off his helmet, his hair might look good, you know it's just like. It doesn't always have to be so modern, and I feel like Star Wars is like we need to modernize our our storytelling to to keep up with how this is this franchise is telling it. Like it's a, it's like Game of Thrones sometimes. I feel like with Star Wars, they're like we need to have our red wedding. You know, we need to do you know do this, do that. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, James, in terms of like yeah, the end of the movies. Of course, you know they 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 want us to feel like. The next thing that happens is gonna you know gonna be good and rogue one had to do that because yes there was a new hope after that but you know we're gonna get the acolyte which is gonna be about the sith i don't know that mm-hmm. that's going to be a very you know uplifting feel good hopeful star wars story we're not sure what they're going to tell us with the with with ahsoka that'll be interesting because dave filoni is doing it so will he hold himself to that standard we'll find out um you know, I, I I'm not sure what you know what else what other stories they have coming up. Um, off the top of my head, you know, what, what's Tyka's movie is going to be? We we have no really idea yet. So, I'm just saying the way the world is today, um, a lot of people. Some there may be some people listening to this right now saying like, I think everything's great, and that's fine. But if you if you just stick your head out the window and and turn on the news and just understand that a lot of people are going through things whether it's personal stuff whether it's how they're they just feel about the climate of our planet or international warfare uh you know pandemic still going on new things popping up new strains it's just it feels like never-ending bills real life people want to go on a fun adventure without having a price to pay when they watch it and i i just Think that's sort of the difference. Um, so like those movies can end with a hopeful note, but it's like, what did I have to endure to get to that one word mm-hmm. at the end of that movie? And it's just like complete brutality and loss and devastation. One other you know, one other thing too about like Andor specifically
2: is I think Lacey, you have said multiple times that gosh, that show's gonna be so depressing. And then I think John, you're like in agreement with that too. And I'm like I don't know that it is. I didn't say depressing.
0: I think it is because they have to lose a lot to get to Rogue One. Like, they have to lose. I don't think so. I think they totally do have to lose. And I think everybody you see on the screen is going to die because you don't see them in Rogue One. I think I've built up myself to the point with Star Wars that any character that you see in, like, they're probably going to die. And that's because every single movie and show that's come out, they kill them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I made the yeah. joke at our live show that Dave Filoni likes to kill people. He does. They like <laughs> to murder people in their properties because they it adds more weight to the story. And I get that. I'm questioning, do they always have to kill these people? Do they always have to have these beats in these stories that leave you being like, oh, why did that have to happen?
1: yeah. I don't think Rogue One is or Rogue One. I don't think uh, Andor is going to be depressing. I think it's going to be serious. I, I think there'll be some humor in there because Star Wars needs to have it. It's going to. I go mm. back to it's
0: a personal thing. I don't mean to cut you off, John. I, I strongly go back to it's a personal thing. I'm going to find things that are depressing that neither of you guys are going to find depressing. I'm mm-hmm. going to sure. find things that are sad that you guys won't think are sad. But it, that's also, part of taking in media.
1: Yeah, but I also think Andor needs to be this way. Like it would be, Mm. it would be weird if it if it was like Return of the Jedi or or Solo or something. It needs to be. This is the this is why they have Tony Gilroy. That 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 story needs to be that. I'm not saying Andor needs to be this. I'm saying beyond Andor, as we look in the future, maybe Tyke is the guy who's going to do that. I don't know. I'm saying, do we need the light, fun, adventure? Like, don't worry, this is going to be cool. Star Wars story. Well, yeah, um, let me without let me, it, without feeling like you're insulting the modern way of telling stories where you gotta give something to take. Sure, let me um, just to to finish out that thought on Andrew because I know you're right. I want to get to what you
2: just said. Like my thought on why I don't think it's going to be. I mean. Again, Lacey, that's like one of those things, like if you've if if I see something and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a cool, uplifting, positive story. Right. And you're like, no, that's depressing. That's just me being like, I, I want to give that to you. Like, why are you so sad? That's not the that's not the story. Like, stop saying it's sad and it, that like. That internal thing of like I'm getting something out of this and I don't know why you're not getting it I want to give you that like when somebody really likes a movie and everybody else is like "Eh," you're like why why don't you like it you know um, but the and or thing to me I just I see it very similar to Rebels like a comparison of like I feel like the Rebels yeah they had their downs but like they won they won often and that's the only reason they're still alive is because every time they went in they came out and that, like we know Andor lives. We know that Andor gets elevated within the rebel Alliance because he's good at what he does. They send him on missions. He accomplishes the missions. So, yeah, and, to me, it feels like there's a pretty good chance that, like this show still could have the like, all right, this is Andor when he's young. What What's the mission? We got to go blow up that tower, you know, and, and, you know, maybe people die along the way or people, bad things happen. But at the end of the day, boom, when that tower blows up, there's hope. We, we won the day. We didn't the win thing, the war, though. but there now there's hope and people start to believe in us again because we took down the tower. We sure. saved this one small pocket of the galaxy and that's
1: hope. But you know, the reason why I don't put Andor in this category and I, I, st- and again because I, I i for some reason today you need to explain to people the nuance of arguments i'm not saying you guys but it's just like i am so excited for andor i think it's going to be awesome tony gilroy fan club president right here accepting members i don't think that's the story that people are going to be looking for for that feel good escape feel positive walking out type of story especially
0: because he said it's going to reflect the world we live in now
1: right and we know the end game for Cassian he gets nuked on a beach at at 30 years old or whatever old he is mm-hmm. it's just it, like we're watching this guy and knowing in 5 years he's going to be nuked dead you know what i'm saying like our main characters in Rogue One all die horrible deaths and <laughs> The point is, like, the end, the last sliver of that movie, hope. Sure. Watching that whole movie happen, tragedy. Complete and utter death the and The K2 tragedy.
0: scene? Yeah. That's not hopeful. so. That's sad.
1: That's the difference for me. I want these stories. I love them. I'm saying, let's go over here, maybe, and tell us a more lighter adventure story. I'm not saying it has to be Solo 2. I want that. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe Tyka takes us on a, a space adventure or something where it's not like, here are your main characters. Six out of the seven of them are gonna die, but the last one is gonna look at the sun and say, We have a shot. You know, I that's all I'm saying. Like and, and it really is reflected on the state of the world. And James, maybe you looked, you walked through the world and you've said this many times. You're like, I don't see any difference. Like during the pandemic, you're like, I don't see any difference that, in my life. Well, no, um, no I, I just think that the movie that you described to me, and this
2: is a definition thing, I just think what you just described is a hopeful movie. So if you want more hopeful movies, then that's the movie you're asking for. But I don't think it's what I, you're asking I know, for. And, you're asking for happy movies that are like good guy beats the villain everybody lives we all go party and like that's a happy movie not a hopeful movie
1: yeah you're doing the semantic thing dude i mean i'm pretty I, i'm just saying uh, i'm pretty like i'm doing my best to try to iron out the, the layers here yeah yeah to the onion you know
0: i think the difference james is that i don't find it hopeful when a team goes in and yes they accomplish the goal but they all die because to me that says that the next team they're all gonna die and that's not hopeful
1: yeah, it's tough. And, and I appreciate that you can view the entirety of that movie or something as hopeful. Um, I would like high, more
0: yeah. freeze frame high five endings in yeah. Star Wars.
1: Yeah. And I, I
0: feel like that we've to spent, me is hopeful.
1: I feel to. like we spend way too much time <laughs> in this discussion talking <laughs> about Rogue One and Andor. When sure, sure. The point of the discussion was other more stuff. movies
2: like solo in the sense that like there is right. It doesn't have to be this crazy thing, even though the, in, in some ways that movie is kind of depressing too, cause Han and Kira don't end up together and other things like that. But I don't think that's the, the tone that they're trying to give a, th- that movie is supposed to be a fun roller coaster adventure movie. That I think that's in Time some ways that, yeah. it's weird. Like that was like a a thing that people didn't like about it. Oddly enough, like when people say it's fine, it's a fun movie, but it's you know that was kind of a a, a negative review of that movie in some cases. But I think. I do think that's that's something that Star Wars could use. We do need more of those stories that are just like Maybe skeleton crew's that story. That's like, why I just I get crazy when I I talk about that whole like you want the Obi Wan sulking in the desert story. You don't want Han blasters having fun, uh, running out the back door with his buddy Chewie. Like that seems more happy, adventurous. Uh, that's the Indiana Jones style. Like oh, gotta grab my hat, get out of this
1: place, you know, well, before that's, the that's, door that's shuts. The
2: thing. We've yeah. been
1: getting a lot more of the. Uh, former. We're beginning a lot more of the sulking version of Obi-Wan. And yes, at the end is he back? Absolutely. But it was a hell of a ride watching that guy be miserable for for a good portion of that show. Even though we knew his end result again. Maybe the cure to this is like, and this obviously goes maybe against the, the idea of like more solo, though I think a solo show would pretty much be sort of like a fun western caper type thing because um, we know Han and Chewie obviously would survive, but maybe it's the situation where we need something that isn't tied to something that we know what the end game is, you know? Um, m- maybe it is, like, maybe these types of stories that that require a return to that feeling of sitting in the theater and, and watching the heroes beat the bad guys, and sometimes it's okay to be that simple, is something that has to take place after episode 9. That even has nothing to do with those heroes from episode nine. Maybe it has to be a a blank canvas type of thing where we meet all these new characters and and go for a ride. I'm not sure. And, and again, like I have to be clear because I feel like people are going to tear me apart about this. This is not a commentary against any of the star Wars stuff that we're getting because I think it's amazing that Kathleen Kennedy is pushing those buttons and, and, and giving us, uh, some mature elements to the storytelling because I hear all the time Disney ruined Star Wars because Disney's Disney and they Disneyfied it. It's like they did the exact opposite, in my opinion. Like they they took they they made they took some of the fairy tale elements out of it, which has been fine. Um, yeah, happily so know, ever
2: me, after is not how people describe a lot of the Disney Star Wars movies. No, but exactly, exactly. Yet that's how they describe Disney-fying something. They say, oh, right, they exactly. just make it happily right. ever
1: after, right? so i think my prevailing like coming out of this and you know there's gonna be more to this as we get more projects that come out and it is certainly something we could revisit in the future um but i think my conclusion for myself anyway and then i want to hear your guys final thoughts because i know we're up on time um but i think in order to do this we have to get away from characters where we know like their end games or we know like stuff like that we need we need to meet new characters with uh no preconceived notions and learn to grow our relationship with those characters and and that sort of thing and get those stories and still tell the other uh you know nuanced you know heavy political dark stories but like you said Lacey and tony gilroy saying like this is going to mirror our real world i'm like man that's it might be tough to watch at times you know what i'm saying and i i think i need the opposite i need the escape from our reality so go ahead with your guys you know final thoughts and then we can uh hop on to uh our last segment
0: go Uh, ahead james
2: um yeah i mean if if anybody is like totally on John and Lacy's side on this, I'm sorry that I, you know, get hung up on the specific word or anything like that. I just, I want to be clear that when, you know, when I'm seeing this, like, do, does the world need hopeful Star Wars movies? You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think the argument being happy Star Wars movies, do we need more of it in today in today's time? I'm like, sure, yeah, that sounds good. I wouldn't mind. I feel like we've been getting a lot of these hopeful movies that's just a definition thing. But I feel like if the discussion is about, do we need more happy star Wars movies, something that's going to have a little bit of escapism to it, something that's like, Hey, star Wars doesn't always have to be dreary. You know, um, I wouldn't use the term depressing necessarily. Although when I think about the prequels, I'm like, I don't think any of those were hopeful or happy. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but i think uh we that star wars absolutely could use more movies where or stories even that we kind of get away from the dire circumstances of how bad it is to live under the empire and just sometimes how good it is to steal something and get away with it or whatever, you know, whatever that, whatever these stories are that we want to tell where it, it doesn't even have to be a force user. It could just be the baron of some land that's, you know, uh, taxing everybody. And then they just like beat them down and take the town over and make it a free place again for all the citizens. It's like that story can happen over there, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the empire But it can still be set in the Star Wars universe. And uh, could Star Wars use more of that right now? Sure. Mm -hmm. It's just going to expand. I think we're already leaning too heavily on some of the current galactic empire rebellion stuff. And that was what was kind of enticing at the time of Ryan saying, I'm doing something over there. You know, something you've mm. never even seen before, you know? And I think Taika is, is also, though? well, no, I'm saying that's what he was <laughs> saying at the time. I'm just, you know, joking. I'm doing this trilogy and it's going to have nothing to do with anything we've seen before. And it's like, we were all intrigued by that idea. Oh, what does that mean? Is it like, are they even going to say the word force, yeah. you know? Um, but Taika right now is the person that seems to be leading a movie of that caliber. And Sure like absolutely like do that you know that's fine that movie can exist marvel has Man, I think shown it's us like his
1: movie is like the night of a thousand tears <laughs>
2: yeah exactly but <laughs> so M- M- marvel has shown us that you can still have connectivity and have like ant-man be a totally different tone than like the, you know this sure. other movie and yeah. so it's like it's fine make some star wars movies that break away from what star wars has been in the disney era and cool yeah that's that's good. i think I think I am for that a hundred percent. right on?
1: uh Lacey, final thoughts before we move on
0: um yeah i I think I think my my biggest critique with Star Wars, like I said earlier, is just that there aren't enough happy endings with Star Wars. Not enough romance, not enough happy endings, not enough of the stuff that we fell in love with with the original trilogy, which was we left the movie feeling happy and hopeful mm-hmm. that things would work out, that things would end good for the good guys. And there wouldn't be all this sacrifice and people dying and, oh, not everyone's going to make it out. Like, Star Wars was a group of people. Went into, some, went into a mission, and then left. And we're like, we made it happen. High five. We're going to party. <laughs> and you left going, see, the good guys win. The good guys get it done, and everybody survives, and they get to go live their lives now. And I think that was my biggest critique going into the sequel trilogy, is that where you pick up, everything is terrible again. And you're like, wait a second. When I left these people 30 years ago, they were perfectly fine what happened? Um, So I I think that's my biggest critique is like, even if the story starts off in a way that you're like, wow, everything is against these people. The hope is that at the end, everything's worked out. And I think oftentimes, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, a lot of modern storytelling is, yeah, things will work out, but like everybody but one person's gonna die. Or like, oh, everything's going to end terribly and this whole city is destroyed and this planet's gone. But like, hey, they got those plans, right? And you're like, but what about all this stuff over here? And they're like, eh, a sacrifice. And you're like, but why can't it just not be a sacrifice? Mm. Why can't we just have a happy story with which at the end you're just like, OK, well, man, that is great. Now I have to go back to whatever crappy thing I'm dealing with in real life. But at least they made it work out. And everyone's happy and having a good time. And I feel like oftentimes with Star Wars nowadays, I'm not having that feeling. Maybe on some episodes of Mando or some episodes of Book of Boba Fett, maybe Ahsoka will be different. And I'm sure, sure there will be episodes of Andor where I'm like, yes, they did it. High five. But I think overall, it's going to probably be like a depressing, like, oh, look at the, the kill count by the end of the series and like look where everybody's ended up but that being said i'm super excited for the series and i know what i'm getting into going into it i know it's not going to be a you know yub nub and ewoks dancing i know i know that's not what it's going to be i, I love that that yub nub
2: has just become like the Star Wars equivalent of everybody being like, we're yub-nubbing all over the place here, you know?
0: (laughs) I'm going to the extreme of like, you know, or like Luke, Leia, and Han, and Chewie all hugging at the end of A New Hope. Like, I want more moments like that. And to me, that's hopeful, not in the sense of what you're saying, James, where you're Mm -hmm. like, it is hopeful because they got the plans, or they, you know, there's more good in the universe. I'm saying it's hopeful because it reminds me that Yes, life sucks sometimes, but in this fantasy world, things are great. Right. And I feel like oftentimes in current Star Wars, that is not the case. I leave the episode or I leave the movie going, wow, they, I guess, accomplished the mission. But at the end, everyone's unhappy, Rey's alone on a planet, and Ben Solo died. Seems like what was the journey worth, you know? (laughs) like Hmm. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I know like the Duffer brothers got a lot of criticism after season three of Stranger Things because they're like, You didn't kill any of the main characters. It's like, but maybe the thing these is, is kid- like,
0: why they don't, why maybe do they need to die? Maybe these kids can
1: live. How yeah. about that? <laughs> well, that's um, what they had
0: said too in the interview. They were like, Why, why do they need to die? Their children, it's just
1: a, yeah. The, it, I feel like it's a cultural obsession with pop culture now. It's like, we gotta make our sacrifices, but um. I think this was an interesting discussion. I, I, mm-hmm. Maybe if I had to do it again, I would have done it not right up against Andor because I feel like we did focus too much on Andor, which is I really wanted to talk about things be, besides Andor because Andor is the one that is going to be more oh, serious. But Really
0: quick, to answer the question of how they could solve it, is stop doing prequels that butt up against something where everybody dies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, knowing stop, people's fates and stuff. Stop like,
0: going up to a point where you're like, well, all these people can't exist. So therefore, the only way to not have them exist is to kill them.
1: Yeah, like the the end of Andor could be him and K2 riding off into hyperspace. And you're like, dude, in one week, you're getting hit by a nuclear weapon on a beach.
0: Right, and that's depressing. That's not hopeful. That's depressing. I know, I
1: know, I know. When, I'm not trying to round it back out. I just think that's that's it's it, funny that that's probably going to happen. It is. It is interesting though. Like I, that
2: we've always kind of leaned on that that the the characters uh, they weren't around, so you have to kill them. And I'm always like, but there's I, there's plenty of examples of characters that were around, and they clearly went. And I think like the biggest one to me is just like Hera. Hera was never not involved. She didn't go away to take care no, of her kid know, or anything but like they that. Gotta, they
1: got to they got to carefully weave her in, and that's another discussion to have. But but I,
2: but I don't think they really do because the original movies very much focused on these three characters. Like we barely mm-hmm. saw mm-hmm. any of like Mon Mothma and the whole re- re- resistant like rebellion sure. and all that. It was so sure. focused that I feel like it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, well you know. Cal Kestis was just over here doing but this mission or something, you know? Maybe that maybe, one's kind of weird
1: because he's a Force user, but... Maybe just stop creating new Jedi before the original trilogy. I think we're good. But like I said George's fault.
0: Yeah, I think we just need to go off and tell new stories. Yeah. Like, like James yeah. said, either completely separate of the Empire or what's mm-hmm. going like, on, stop, or beyond st- what we know.
1: Stop making us fans have to explain... Like why leia didn't react better to obi-wan's death and stuff like we don't put don't make us have to do that go tell I all think that's story. what's fun
2: i i oh god i don't oh. i don't like
1: it necessarily
2: oh, i would god think it almighty. would be great if we just like had that but because
1: then people I think, are like oh par- that's why she said ben kenobi it's like oh i know everyone knows <laughs> everyone knows that you're not a genius
2: <laughs> but what I just th- I think it's fun sometimes where Not you're like either, oh, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. What's a fun way to try to like headcanon that to like how
0: could it make sense? You know, I th- sometimes John's I talking fun. about the the tweets online and stuff that are like this is clearly why they said this line. Oh, it's just like, like yes, y- clearly.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's it's honestly when I see that I always want to reply with that gif of Lieutenant Dan when <laughs> Forrest goes Lieutenant Dan. You don't have any legs. And he goes, I know that, Forrest. <laughs> we all know. You're not a, you're not as smart as you think. We all get it. We all get it. Alright. Mm. Here we go. Um let's I'm hopeful that
0: this discussion is ending.
1: <laughs> let's hand it over to Lacey for uh the next segment.
0: All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. So this is the part of the show where John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. So this week, he said, General Hux survived being shot by Pride and now runs the drive-through at a Ronto Roasters. John is really hung up on the Ronto rap. Uh, Poe Dameron finds this out and decides to go. Welcome to Ronto Roasters. How can I help you? What are some things Poe would say to mess with Hux? John, you really want a Ronto wrap right now?
1: I, I would eat 12 in an hour.
0: <laughs> First up is of the Hut, at of the Hut. What up, Blaga? Where you been? <laughs> he said, they fry now? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Mike Ramori at Drum Jedi. What up, Mike? He said, Poe, yes. Hello, Hugs. I'd like to place an order for your mom. Oh. Next is Stephen A. Bowman <laughs> at Stephen A. Bowman. What up, Stephen? He said, Poe, hi, I have several orders in my speeder. Hux, fine. What is the first order? Poe, I figured you'd already know the answer to that, Hugs. Laughs and speeds away. <laughs> Hux sc- screams intelligibly into com <laughs> Mike Lovins at Mike Lovins that is took up.
2: me a minute actually I was like I don't get it what's the first order Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: hey, Mike. Mike said Poe to Hux well now that all your friends are dead things have been a bit slow for me so are you guys hiring I can fry anything <laughs> Next is Julian, Krawtinsky. You know what I? J you know Kratinsky. what I love about?
1: I know we're coming up on like six hours on this episode, but <laughs> I I love that Lacey does like will not make fun of the audience for the bad jokes. I love that she, even though she might want to, she won't go there, and I love it.
0: <laughs> Julian said at the drive-through window, "Quote: So who talks first? I talk first, or you talk first?" Nice. That's Makes clever. Sense. Yeah. It's Clever one of my favorite parts from Force Awakens. Next is Saw Dust Pixel at Saw Dust Pixel. What up? They said somehow <laughs> pumpkin spice returned. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm already wait. seeing
1: people talk about it, they're already getting I their pumpkin. Wait, disgusting. I love fall. so disgusting! I
0: don't know why I'm whispering. I'm just very excited. I'm you hopeful like, that you like pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice is returned, <laughs> of course. Do they have I'm a basic spice white girl. Crepes. It's in my blood. What?
1: Yeah. Do they have pumpkin spice crepes?
0: I'm sure they do. I need to find a crepe place. Jeez Back please. to you, John.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, Before I get to the normal outro, I just want to say thank you to our patrons of TRB at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. James talked about at the top, if you're tier two and above, you can submit topics to the show, get on the show. I mean, look at Stephen A. Bowman, two appearances on the episode. Great job, Stephen. Uh, But um, all joking aside, tiers $2 a month, it really helps us a great deal, and uh, we have Uh, our next phase of Patreon coming up in the future and more details on that. But uh, it's all thanks to you, really. So uh, we're very excited for what's to come. Uh, But sign up because we have Andor coming up soon and we have a great rest of the year planned here at TRB. But I want to say a special thank you to our Generals and Spice Runners on Patreon. Our Generals, starting with the longest running patron, maybe our longest patron ever. Uh, Mm. Miss you dearly, Carmelo. And we have John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Ronde, Darth Hurricane, John Chorlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, and Val Trichkoff. Thanks, Generals, and Spice Runners David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you all so much for your support and all of our patrons. Uh, it means a great deal. Um, make sure you go to Star Wars News Net for all of your Star Wars news reviews, editorials, information, and more. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down below. There's links to our merch if you want to pick up some of our merch over at Spring. Uh, quick and easy way to do that. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at starwarsnewsnet.com. And my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, just put out an episode on Dirty Harry on Tuesday. Spoiler alert Dirty Harry doesn't die in Dirty Harry uh lacy how about you
0: that is a spoiler uh people can find me on twitter and instagram at Lacey Gillerin.
1: movie came out like 52 years ago doesn't matter uh, spoiler john James. dropped
0: more
2: <laughs> john dropped two spoilers tonight <laughs> um two? Oh yeah uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at meyer trunks what was the other one you spoiled stranger things
0: that's the third time you've spoiled Stranger Things. I did not either. spoil Stranger Things. You literally what told me something talk- about the
2: show that I did not know today. What did I
1: tell you? I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are getting crazy with this stuff, dude. All right. Crazy? Yes, you're getting crazy. You Absolutely are literally incredible. telling
2: how the show ends on our show. That, so, are you talking about I'm what so I said about season, season three of the show <laughs> that came out
1: three freaking years ago? Get out of here. Go watch the show jeez louis have a good weekend go watch the show james i'll talk to you monday everyone have a great weekend and we'll see you next time right here on TRB. see you around kids